Empower Radio presents The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Kroll. Hello and welcome everyone. You are listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. What in the world is going on? As I pause, let's push through all the recent drama in these past weeks, the shock, fear, anxiety, anger, and let's try to make some sense of what is really going on. Days after the 2020 election, I heard people asking in in disbelief, how can 74 million Americans vote for that candidate? I also heard something else. The headlines read that the United States is a nation divided, a polarized country, a split people. One such headline caught my attention and I began to muse more deeply into this. Is this really true? Are we polarized? Is this really two groups Are we a nation with two completely opposite worldviews, values, beliefs, dreams, visions for the futures, expectations, motivations, agendas? Is it really true? I began talking to people face to face and really listening. I noticed eight subcultures within the 74 million Americans, many of whom are good, kind, Hardworking people who hold strong traditional Republican values. When we add in the other subcultures and a global pandemic, things begin to feel crazy, chaotic, and out of control. Greed, wealth, the evangelical Christian agenda, anti-democratic agendas, anti-democrat agendas, many different conspiracy theories, corruption, sex trafficking, white supremacy, racism, the marginalized and oppressed. Just pause with that one. Anti-government agendas, light workers, and new age agendas. The role of conscious evolution. And then those who simply want to transform and evolve a broken system into whole systems health. There's so much at play here within those polarized constituencies, and I'm not even talking about the other side yet. So, and by the way, I haven't even mentioned climate change or other traditional political agendas. There's so much going on here. So after this week's attack on the Capitol, I decided to bring back our guests today and explore what's going on from a meta perspective of consciousness, cultural transformation. I hope this hour is helpful for you. I invite you to take a few deep breaths, open your mind and heart, and settle into essential wholeness as I introduce our guest. Richard Barrett is a globally recognized thought leader in conscious values-based leadership, cultural transformation, personal development, and the metrics of personal, cultural, and societal well-being. He's the president of the Academy for the Advancement of Human Values, the founder of the Barrett Values Center, the leader of the Global Humanity Awareness Initiative, 
the developer of the Barrett Culture and Analytic Analytics for Organizations and Global Wellbeing Indicators, and a fellow of the World Business Academy. He's the former Values Coordinator for the World Bank. Richard is also a founding member of the V20 Values Task Force of the G20. And that's a mouthful. And I have to tell you, we had him first on our show before the 2016 election in the summer when I wanted to have this exact same conversation. And here we are, four and a half years later. Welcome back, Richard. Oh, thank you, Julie. It's a pleasure to be with you. I was kind of surprised when I got your call the other day, but I thought, wow, here's an opportunity. So I decided to join you. Yes, here's an opportunity. And I tell you what, there's a huge opportunity, but it mirrors the huge need. There's a huge need here for this conversation, Richard, and you are the person I want to have this conversation with. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to start with our traditional first question here on the show, though, because I think with your perspective, and here we are in the radical climate, cultural climate change, the cultural climate change happening on the planet right now. So I'm going to start with my traditional first question and ask you, Again, what does all things connected mean to you? All things connected means that, um, this may sound strange, but in a sense, there's only one of us here on the planet. We're all individuated aspects of the universal energy field. And um, and we are some very interesting individuated aspects, I can tell you. Uh, otherwise, that's why we're having this conversation. But at one level, we are all um, uh, connected at a deeper energetic level. And, uh, and understanding how we become uh, divided, uh, how this whole separation uh, comes about has been one of the key things I've been working on for the last 20 odd years. Um, How do we decrease separation? How do we build connection? Um, And it all has to do with identity, how you identify yourself. And uh, so uh, let me leave it there. That's my um, meta answer, if you like, and we'll get into the detail as we move on. Perfect. So I I am looking forward to to moving on and deeper into this. One of my favorite all-time PDFs is the Barrett Value Center's chart of the seven levels of consciousness across the personal, organizational, and societal spheres. It's, it's brilliant, Richard. And I have shared this numerous times over the past five years. It's helped so many people in yeah. their understanding of what in the world is going on, because that's the question I want to ask you, what in the world is going on? But let's begin with the foundations of consciousness, these seven levels of consciousness and humanity's journey from self-interest to the common good. So I'll start by saying, Richard, what in the world is going on here? (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's going on is evolution, Evolution. Uh, evolution, evolution of human consciousness, and it's been going on since uh, for over 200,000 years, well, since Homo sapiens began to, well, well formed, you know, uh, we've been evolving in consciousness terms. And in the, the last book I wrote, Worldview Dynamics and the Wellbeing of Nations, I, I set out uh, that uh, growth in consciousness over this uh, 200,000 years. 
And uh, what's happening at the moment is we're having an acceleration in the evolution of consciousness. And um, some people are getting left behind and uh, other people's uh, are accelerating and it's creating all sorts of um, separation. But basically, uh, we can see seven different worldviews. Uh, one which is emerging, which is the one that is going to sort out our problems. I call it humanity awareness. Um, and uh, then there are other worldviews uh, which belong to different nations, different groups of nations. And um, in my recent work, I've been um, I've been uh, creating uh, what I call the Global Wellbeing Indicator that looks at the well-being of 145 nations since 2014 to present day. And you can see how consciousness is uh, improving in some countries and in other countries it's um, disintegrating or it's going backwards, let's put it that way. But overall, when we look at um, the evolution of the human species, it's an upward trend in consciousness. Uh, so uh, there may be <laughs> ups and downs on that journey and we certainly feel like we're in a down at the moment. Um, but it actually, uh, the overall trajectory is upwards, and we we learn by pain. We learn by what we what doesn't work, and and then we self-correct and we move forward. And uh, so, we, two steps forward, one step back. Two steps forward, one step back, and we're in a backward step at the moment, at least in the United States. You know, the United States isn't every country in the world; it's just one of them. And uh, so uh, we have to remember that I, I you know, I do. Uh, I actually, I'm, although I sound British and I have a British citizen, I'm also an American citizen. I lived there for 24 years. So I understand what's going on in the USA. And um, and there's a little bit of what's going on in the USA is also going on in the United Kingdom, too. Anyhow, let's get into more detail later. Well, thank you, Richard. I, so I, I really want to just accentuate the idea of the acceleration the so, the evolution of consciousness on the planet is accelerating there's so much going on and and so then it brings me to your chart of the seven levels of consciousness and i just want to hear you muse a bit that sure. literally with seven different worldviews perhaps even eight or nine because i'm starting to see those that are beyond the top number seven service that you that you talk about i'm seeing you know there's there's a few really luminary voices that are that are starting to breach that top of the chart here and and even ken wilbur's work and others with levels of consciousness so what does it mean that we have seven different world views can you talk about these levels of consciousness well, and and how yeah. they're because it's like those subcultures that i talk about it's not a polarized nation with one worldview and another worldview. It really is a growing, accelerating worldview and then a lot of subcultures worldviews, different worldviews that are that are trying to make sense of what, what to do and how to move forward. Sure. So um, where to start? Okay. So let's start with um, stages of development. Um, Every individual goes through seven stages of development. I've written about it in many of my 13 books. Um, and uh, very quickly, uh, naught to two years old is the surviving stage. Uh, two to, two to uh, seven or eight is the conforming stage. Then we get into the differentiating stage, the teenagers up to the age of early 20s, and then into the individuating stage. 
that's the fourth stage of development between mid-20s and late-30s. And then uh, in the 40s, it's self-actualization, integration in the 50s, and, and, and um, serving in the 60s. So these are... So if you're on a normal developmental path, these are the stages of development you will go through. Problem is that most of the planet never got past the third stage of development. And um, so uh, now here I begin, you know, I start to get to very particular. Uh, Donald Trump and most of his followers actually never got past the third stage of development. And that's really because they never got their childhood needs met. And um, so they haven't individuated and self-actualized. Um, and there, right there is the key to understanding how to move forward. But I'll get on more, I'll talk more about that because that's the key to what I call the seventh stage of uh, societal development, which is um, humanity awareness. So um, that gives you a, a broad uh, overview. Uh, so when you look at, the um, when you look at the humanity in general, and you take the average for humanity, you know the seven billion people, we're really at the teenage stage. I mean, there are people who are more advanced than others, and there are other people who are less advanced. And um, the key right now is to shift the people out of that third, the first three stages of development into the individuating stage, uh, which is all about finding freedom and autonomy to find out who you really are, uh, explore um, your autonomy, explore your beliefs, explore your values, most importantly. Uh, prior, in your late 30s and 40s, moving into the stage of self-expression or finding meaning and purpose in life. Now, as I said, most of the I don't know, 80, 90% of people on the planet are still in these first three stages. And um, and in each nation, it's a different percentage. So when you say, you know, half the people voted for Donald Trump and half the people didn't, well, I can tell you right now, those half that voted for him were in those first three stages of development. They basically have not got their childhood needs met and they can't progress because they didn't get those needs met. They're still trying to get those needs met. And uh, what were those needs? Well, the needs were uh, they, to be able to survive, uh, to be feel loved, and to feel that they are enough self-esteem. Now, Donald Trump didn't have a, a, an upbringing that allowed him to meet those needs, and he spent the rest of his life trying to get those needs met. And many of his followers resonate with that because they're in a similar situation. Now, I can go into more detail about what that means in a moment. I'm still at a sort of a meta level. Now, the one of the things that happens in the USA is that it's such a big country and everybody think you know, there's a sense in which even this radio show and many other things, it's like USA-centric, okay? So there is a world outside the USA. Now, you mentioned earlier different poles, two poles, you know. Uh, well, actually, uh, that's a, a problem of the system. Uh, we have the same situation in the United Kingdom. We, in America, you've got the uh, Republican Democrats, and in the, in the UK system, we had uh, Labour and Conservatives. You've got the Liberal Party trying to push its nose in there. But when you look at the most advanced nations on the planet, they have coalition governments. They have political parties which are every shade of grey. 
And so you can, when, when they come to form a government, they have to get into dialogue with each other. Now, some people say, well, this is not very efficient. Well, it may not be very efficient, but it actually gives people the possibility of voting for what it is their their most important needs. Now, so if you have a system that is built on polarity, you'll get polarity, and that's exactly what you've got in the USA. We have a similar thing in, in the UK, and it, it's counterproductive. So um, we need to evolve our democracy system of democracy such that there are different parties that people can vote for depending on what they, uh, their most important needs. Uh, so we're, we're, we're prolonging and, and deepening the polarity and the separation by only having two-party systems. Yes. And with the two-party, it does create the that illusion also of it being half the population believes this, half the population believes that, because we don't have that coalition that you're talking about that exactly. brings in all these needs and all these worldviews. And, and so we have eight years moving in one direction and then eight years moving in the other direction. And eight, and we're never moving forward, right, Richard? We're just moving sideways, left to right, well, we... left to right. <laughs> Yeah, there is a sense in which you move forward incrementally a little bit, but you know. So we, as we saw with uh, the Trump uh, uh, period, uh, undid uh, a lot of Obamacare and all of that. I mean, you know. So we move forward on one side, and now they move back again. Now we're going to move forward again on that side. Now, what are these two different sides? Well, another problem in America uh, is uh, in the United States is that. Um, the word socialism has a, a bad reputation because people think it means communism. And uh, something like social democracy equates to socialism, equates to, to communism. Well, this is not true. Social democracy is very valid and very prevalent around the whole of Europe, and particularly in the Nordic nations, which are, have the highest level of well-being of their population in the world. And they also have coalition governments. And guess what? They also have female leaders. Uh, so uh, the uh, the idea that social democracy, the idea of social democracy, falls more in the democratic camp than actually in the republican camp. Um, but social democracies are the way forward because they care about everybody's needs. So. If you um, live in a social democracy, uh, you not only get your um, education paid for at all levels, even higher education, you also, if you're a working mother, you'll get free kindergarten and you get free health care. Uh, most, most people in Europe look at America and go, God, what the hell is happening? There's, there's no health care. Um, in most of Europe, uh, not all, because there are many countries in Europe at different worldviews, but uh, and the most advanced ones, uh, well, they all have healthcare systems. So they care. The, the governance mm. system cares about the basic needs of the people. This is not true in the United States. And so if you are amongst those people who have never been cared for, never got your needs met, then you're going to feel hostile and angry. And so you're going to fight the system. Now, let me just take this down out to another level of depth. 
We are the products of our upbringing. Julie, you're the product of your upbringing, of your parental conditioning and cultural conditioning. I am the product of my upbringing. And those people who we saw rioting this last week are the product of their upbringing. So what is it about these people and their upbringing that, that caused them to be who they are and caused Donald Trump to be who he is? And it goes back to roughly the age between two and eight years old. But at that age, uh, we are beginning to explore our own ourselves and our own willpower. So we are beginning to uh, find that we have a will and that we that there are things that we want and we need. Now, if we are in a family system, which is extremely authoritarian, where no is frequently used, then we learn that as young kids, we learn that the only way, first of all, we can't trust anybody because we're not getting our needs met. And secondly, the only way to get your needs met is through power. That's the only way you're going to get your needs met because that's what you see in your parents. They are authoritarian, they're power, they have power, and they're stopping you from getting your needs met. And that's what you learn as a kid. And that's what you grow up with. You grow up with that belief structure. And so these... Uh, People who are rioting and these people who have been following Trump are, are actually coming from that arena, and as Trump himself does. And they see him as a hero because he actually became, he came from that arena and he became powerful enough to get his needs met. And so, my God, he is our hero. I can understand that if you've never, if you've never, uh, if you were grown up and you learned that the only way to get your needs met is through power and that you can't trust anybody, well, that's the situation. So it all comes back. It all comes back to early childhood conditioning. And we have to, we have to solve that problem if we're going to create in the USA or in any country where it's, uh, this authoritarian type of uh, regime exists, we have to solve that problem of education and parental and cultural conditioning. Mm. So now my notes are so um, prolific here. I don't even know where to go with this. There's so much that I want to dig into more. But just listening to you, Richard, talk about this age of, of two to eight and solving that problem, I'm thinking of my little granddaughter. Yeah. And when she wants something and she can't get it, it's the wrong time, perhaps. So let's just say that she wants a treat and it's dinner time, you know, right. or she wants to stay and play and we have to go home and take our naps. Whatever sure. that means, we have to learn new healthy ways that say you get what you want in the right time and we'll do it in the, the right way and, and we'll, we'll learn how to communicate our needs. How is there... Uh, uh, where, where do we go from here as, okay. as a culture? So I, I once heard Deepak Chopra say, you know, treat your children as if they're adults. And that is so true. You see, that child who's six or seven years old and wants to have a sweetie and it's just um, dinner time, you need to explain. It's not, you don't say, no, you can't have it. Sit down, shut up. You don't say that. You say, darling, we're going to have our dinner in a few minutes and, and your mother has just spent a lot of time preparing that dinner. And if you have that sweetie now, you're not going to enjoy your dinner. 
Okay? So the child now understands. Whereas if they just get no, sit down, shut up, they mm -hmm. don't. So, so treating children as if they are, not, not treating them as if they're adults, but talking to them in a rational way is really important. I, I have a granddaughter who's three years old, and I just love her to bits. And I can see uh, her parents are very self-actualized. They've got through that fourth stage of development and the fifth stage of development, and they talk to her. And they talk to her, and, and she has this amazing gift of conversation and understanding. So like the other day, she said, well, um, I'm feeling happy today. Last night, I was grumpy because I was tired. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's <laughs> just like knocked me for six. It's like, okay. She knows how to self-regulate and she understands her emotions and feelings. So are we taught mm -hmm. about our emotions and feelings at school? No. Are we talking about making values-based decisions at school? No. Are we talking about meditating and, and mastering and, and, and understanding and talking about emotions and feelings at school? No. You see, our schools don't do the inner curriculum. They do the outer curriculum. We're taught to be productive, efficient members of society. And that comes from the worldview of or what I call wealth awareness. So we start with clan awareness, which are the tribes now living in the Amazon. We all used to be in tribes, uh, not tribes, but in, in, in family groups. Then we move to tribal awareness. Then we move to state awareness in the Roman and Greek times. And modern equivalent of that is North Korea, etc., and Russia to a certain extent. And then we moved into nation awareness where where God had a big hand in, in, in the leaders making decisions at the fourth stage. And then we moved into wealth awareness, which is where most of the America is. And, uh, and that's our modern economic system. And it's all based on the education system always follows the, the worldview. So that people in, 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 in that plan awareness uh, in, in the Amazon rainforest, the, their education is all about how to read nature how to understand, how to survive in nature. Um, so in wealth awareness, uh, it's like, how do we survive in an economic world? And we don't care about the environment. No, we can kick that to bits. And so that's what we learn. We learn this outer curriculum, how to be efficient, productive members of society. Well, the Nordic nations and New Zealand and Switzerland and one or two other countries have gone past that wealth awareness into what's called people awareness. There are about seven or eight countries operating from there. And what do they what do? They do? Well, they realize that um, what's important in people awareness is not it's not how much money you have, how much wealth and fame you have, but it's how you relate to other people. That's what brings happiness. Now, there's a there's a the longest uh, longitudinal study ever done uh, at any university. Uh, it's at Harvard. It's been going over for eighty or ninety years now, and they have followed the same cohort of people through their lives. and And this study came up with one conclusion. And that if you want to have a happy life, a life of well-being, there's only one thing you have to focus on, relationships. It's not about fame. It's not about fortune. That won't bring you happiness or well-being. It's about relationships. Now, 
our schools do not teach this. And yeah. that's why I've created the Humanity Awareness Initiative, which is a after people awareness, which is where the Nordic nations, there's a new worldview now emerging, which I've written a lot about in, in my books. And this new worldview, uh, in this new worldview, our level of, we lift our level of identity from focusing our identity at a national level and to a transnational level. We, we become members of the human race. And so w however you identify yourself, that's what you care about. Uh, and so, uh, so each level of consciousness, each stage of development at a, a personal level matches a stage of development at a societal level and uh, matches a, a new level of consciousness. So you can actually see where people are at these different stages of development. Most of the Trump supporters, I would say, are operating from state awareness, which is the uh, one of the the third stage, part of the third stage of development where power is fundamentally important to well-being. Mm -hmm. And then the next stage of development is um, uh, nation awareness where education is fundamental to well-being. And then the next stage of development is wealth awareness where, um, guess what, money is fundamental to well-being. But of course, none of these things bring well-being full well-being because we need to move beyond money bringing us well-being because it doesn't work into relationships and people awareness and beyond that into humanity awareness so that I cannot find well-being in my life unless I know that the people in other nations are finding well-being because I identify with those people. I don't identify with my narrow group, with my tribe. I identify at a larger level, and that's so. This growth in consciousness is what's trying to happen, and many of these people operating at these first three stages of development got left behind, and they don't like it. So they uh, so they voted in Donald Trump, who uh, is a hero because he has power, mm. and he knows. He knows how to he knows how to beat authority. He knows the right way. <laughs> His way is the right way, and they love that. Mm. Well, this is a good place to pause, Richard. We need to take a break, and I'm thinking about this. Um, I, I love your idea of humanity awareness and where we're going. I want to hear more about that. And um, this is cultural transformation in the making we are doing it right yeah, here absolutely. right now it's the happening. process we're in and so you heard richard <clears throat> mentioned socialism and authoritarian we've also heard the terms marxism and fascism and and all these isms here so if you want to learn a little bit more and a pathway through this so we can claim our sanity and and move forward in a peaceful unified way toward that humanity awareness stick with us we're going to take a quick break and when we return we'll have so much more with richard barrett we'll be right back Well, 
Jason, I've got to tell you, you're pretty much everything this company is looking for in an entry-level candidate. Great. Your resume isn't quite what we're used to, but you've got a fantastic work ethic. Thank you. And I'm impressed by how you carry yourself. So, should we talk about the job? Oh, what? The job? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I have no way of recruiting or even meeting you. This interview didn't happen. It may sound ridiculous, and that's because it kind of is. There's a huge pool of talent your company is missing out on. Meet the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Man, we really could have used him. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Hey everybody, this is Josh Groban. After so many years on the stage, one of my favorite things about music is its ability to inspire and nourish the soul. That's why I'm proud to work with Feeding America, an organization that inspires hope for families in need and helps nourish the 16 million kids in this country struggling with hunger. Every year, billions of pounds of excess food go to waste, while one in five children may be left not knowing where their next meal is coming from, or if it's even coming at all. Thankfully, the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks collects surplus food and helps deliver it to kids in need across the country. But they can't do it alone. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. This is a guided meditation on parenting. Take this time to breathe deeply and close your eyes. Right now, you're completely in control. Unlike the time you and your son played basketball and you attempted to slam dunk. Or when you tried removing those raccoons from the basement. Concentrate on the soothing sound of my voice. Release the memory of when you wrestled with that beehive in your son's treehouse. Let go of the time you thought that skunk was a cat, or when you pulled into the garage with your son's bike on top of the car. Deep breaths. Deep breaths. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who don't need perfection. They need you. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and perhaps listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also stay connected all week on my Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I invite you to be a more conscious, courageous, and compassionate co-creator of the beautiful, healthy world we depend on. Come work with me. There's lots of ways you can do that. You can check out those opportunities at juliecrawl.com and goodofthewhole.org. Also, if you want to learn more about Richard Barrett, my guest today, and his work in the world, go to barrettacademy.com. 
barrettbarrett.com. That's B-A-R-R-E-T-T academy.com. Richard, that was a beautiful introduction and a beautiful, um, uh, I'm just thinking of it as the stages of development and the levels of consciousness 101. We had a very brief introduction here, which is helpful and useful to to everyone listening and I really appreciated how you even brought in our you know our education our children what we're doing and and our ability to emotionally self-regulate self-modulate take care of ourselves so we've set this this um, basic conversation into these levels now how do we deal with the real crazy, chaotic, and out-of-control times. You had mentioned um, that socialism is not communism. I also see a lot of, um, I saw a lot of pushback with the Black Lives Matter because the founder is a self-proclaimed Marxist and people go, ah, Marxism, communism, and so Black Lives, we don't want the Black Lives Matter. There's pushback, There's and there's this whole sense of, of really... Um, I hate to say uneducated or ignorant understanding of these levels of consciousness and and how they're manifested in political form in today's world. But now we have this very real experience happening in the United States. And yes, we're very U.S. centric in our thinking over here. And there are so many more nations and peoples around the world. But what can we learn right now and where do we go forward? You and I shared an article on fascism and how literally the answer to fascism is a zero tolerance. And the fear of more violence is a lot of what's dictating people's opinions about how we move forward. So how do we move forward? What can you share from your brilliance here Richard on where we're at well uh, yeah um, you know I can't pretend I have all the answers to this uh, in any way shape or form but I I have some perspectives um, and uh, uh, the most unenviable job right now is that of the president of the United the new president of the United States Um, because how do you how do you bring a nation back together when there are uh, these uh, radical elements who uh, won't change. I mean, basically, if you learned between the age of two and eight that nobody, tr- you can't trust anybody, and you you need power in order to get your needs met, that is deeply embedded in your belief system. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, in one way, uh, you can label these the people fascists if you want, but uh, actually, they are people who are damaged uh, and mm-hmm. were unfortunate in their in their childhood uh, are being uh, hurt uh, and not loved uh, sufficiently by their parents. Now, I, 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 you know, I don't know what we, you can do about that, but you can, in the long run, create a caring nation that does not allow this to happen or minimizes the possibility of this, as they have done in the Nordic nations, in other nations of the world. They have beaten this. I mean, there's hardly anybody in prison in Norway. 
Because that doesn't mean to say that there aren't any wrongdoers. They are, but they understand that people do wrong because of their belief systems. And they re-educate them into understanding what levels of consciousness they've been operating on, what one's levels of consciousness they, they may need to move into. Now, so it's a big task. And um, it, uh, that's one of the, so, so I talked about these different societal worldviews. Now, the, the, the societal worldview of humanity awareness, which you can read about on my website, is the first worldview that understands how all of these different worldviews fit together and how you move from one to the next. It, below that level of understanding, you, you see other worldviews as competing. So these people, the CEO operating on state awareness, which are many of the Trump disorders, see other worldviews in competition, and they they don't they don't understand where they are or why. They just know feel powerless, and they want power. So, um, so uh, how do we move forward? Well, I'm just you know I've in, I've, I've developed a well-being index uh, for nations uh, using 17 indicators. I'm looking at it right now on my screen, and um, you know, here are some places that stand out. Uh, the USA uh, ranks uh, number two in the world for support to the business environment because it's focused on money. Um, the uh, next uh, ranking is uh, there's a certain level of social cohesion, although it's not happening too much right now. But what? Where are they? Where are the key po the key issues? Well, in terms of violence and peace. The USA ranks 112 in the world. It's it's more violent than Sierra Leone. It's it's for a, a, a sophisticated nation to have a to rank 112 in terms of peace index is unimaginable to me. Uh, and part of that has to do with all of the uh, the gun lobby. But it's not just that. It's the fact that there is violence built into the system because injustice is built into the system. Mm. Now, uh, USA ranks number 52 in the world on personal safety, um, 50 in, ranks for 50 in the world on gender equality, and ranks 54 in the world on health infrastructure. So you go to Europe, you don't have to worry about health. You've got a You've got national health services paid for by the government. As soon as you're ill, you can be in hospital and taken care of, and it doesn't cost you a penny. So, so the nation cares for you. And when you feel cared for by the nation, you care for the nation. And so that is not happening. And so um, you have to start with the basics. So... I think Obama was right in starting with health infrastructure. Yeah, everybody should have access to health. Um, now, gender equality. Yeah, you rank 50 in the number 50 in the world in gender equality. Well, we need to do something about that. You rank 52 in personal safety. So uh, all of these issues are uh, societal issues which make people feel unsafe and uncared for. And so uh, these would be good starting points for uh, some sort of national policies. Now, can you get into dialogue between the people who are these, these radical Trump supporters and uh, the people who are uh, less radical? Can you get into a dialogue on that and, um, and, and solve these problems? 
I doubt it because these are people who are not willing, are not willing to see other people's points of view. It's a tough job. People who operate from what I call state awareness, which is what's happening with these people, um, like China operates from that. Uh, you know, they, that's an extremely authoritarian state. And so that mentality uh, is the mentality that this, this group of people have. Um, and so it's very difficult to negotiate with them. Um, however, that is, shouldn't stop from trying. Uh, it's going to be really hard to build bridges between those people and the rest of uh, the USA. All of those people who are mild-mannered, who are uh, lovely people. I mean, I lived in America for 24 years. I know Americans. They're, they're very kind and they're very generous. Uh, but there is all of this injustice in the country. Now, that leads us into Black Lives Matter because, you see, you've got a double thing going on there. So you remember I talked about the age two to five, two to eight, where you didn't get your needs met, and you were told by an authoritarian parent to shut up, get in the corner, don't say a word, and you learned that the only way to get your needs met was power. That applies to all races in America. Now, on top of that, in the Black Lives Matter level, you've got an injustice at the racial level too. Mm. So you've got a double whammy going on there. And uh, so, um, and you will have people uh, who are very moderate, uh, black people are very moderate in their views, but who align with Black Lives Matter because they are, that's, that, that's their race and they see it amongst their relatives, uh, etc. So um, there's an awful lot of, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's going to be very, very difficult next 20, 30, 40, 50 years in the USA. Um, uh, but um, when you get down to this level, now, it's interesting, I, I can compare this to Russia in a way. Um, democracy came to Russia, but the democracy has many different levels. So the level of democracy in Russia is not very high. And so when we wanted to, the rest of the world wanted to bring democracy, it came to Russia. There was the you know, in 2000 and, uh, sorry, uh, in 1958-59, when, when the wall went down, I can't remember the exact time, a certain level of democracy came, but it was a, a very structured and authoritarian democracy, and it was absolutely necessary to be like that. It couldn't be a free democracy because they weren't ready for that. And so um, there's a sense in which uh, when people are not considering the common good, there has to be rules and regulations that are well enforced to, to make sure that the common good is appreciated. And there needs to be some way, as the Nordics have done, of saying to people who um, who uh, don't obey the rules, etc., and uh, go to prison, there has to be some sort of rehabilitation program where people get to see, you know, what are their values? Uh, what are the stages of development they're at, how they can change. Because it all has to do with psychology, basically. And we can put all the labels like we did just before we went for the break. We had fascism, we had thisism, they had thatism. You can put all the labels you like on it, but it all comes back to what is your belief structure 
And how did your belief structure evolve during the first 20 years of your life when your mind and your brain were growing and developing? Because you see, we don't have a fully functioning brain until we get to 22. The first two years are from the moment of conception up to the age of two, the reptilian mind brain is dominant. And then the emotional mind clicks in and becomes dominant up to the age of about seven or eight. And then from then on, the real the the neocortex, the rational mind, starts to become dominant, but it's not fully baked until we get to our early twenties. This is why teenagers do really stupid things because they don't have a fully functioning rational mind. But during this period, these twenty, our first twenty years of our life, our mind and our brain are growing and developing, and everything we learn during that period becomes deeply embedded. And so we are all the products of our first twenty years of our lives. And we have to, in order to build a more resilient, more caring nation, we have to change the education system to, to care for children going through these stages of development. Mm. That's kind of what the Humanity Awareness Initiative is trying to do. I love that. I'm going to look that up right after this because I was not aware of the Humanity Awareness Initiative. So thank you for that. I We have about five minutes-ish here, which is way too short, Richard. So we definitely have to continue this conversation. But I want to um, just end with um, the idea of the Humanity Awareness and the transnational consciousness, because we are in the process of conscious evolution and cultural transformation in real time. We're aware of our yeah. awareness. We're aware, some aren't aware and others are, but most of our listeners are very aware. And so right. my, my fundamental question is, when you talk about how some of these will not change, um, stuck in stage three and literally we're moving from the self-interest to the common good right are there enough in the stages and by the way you did a great job talking about values when you were talking about all the societal issues health care education business economy gender equality safety i mean we we could feel the values we could feel the belief systems that go with that are there enough in, say, four minutes or less, I'm going to have to have you abbreviate this, of us moving into the common good, moving toward humanity awareness, that we can manage this now to move us in a positive direction? Yes, the new president has a big job, but how about the rest of us as humanity holding the whole here? Okay. What's the task? The task. Okay, so first of all, uh, you can find about about the Humanity Awareness Initiative on the website at the Bard Academy, but the Humanity Awareness Initiative is going to have its own website in about three weeks' time. It's already finished, almost finished. And and so you can learn. There are videos about the Humanity Awareness Initiative. You can learn about it. You can become an advocate for it. You can become an ambassador for it. You can become a trainer for it. And And it's basically, has this sort of thing been done before? Yes, it has. In 1850... The Nordic nations realized that industrial revolution was coming and people were living in their little towns and villages. They were going to move to the cities and they needed to re-educate their young people. And they did. And that program was called Bildung. And it's a German word. And it went on from 1850 right through to the end of the Second World War. And that is why all these nations are at the top of the well-being scale. 
because they re-educated young people to individuate and self-actualize. And that's what this whole program is about. The Humanity Awareness Initiative is a global building experiment. It's going to go on for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. We're just beginning it right now. But you can, if you're a semi-enlightened or enlightened, you, you, you need to be able to work on yourself and understand what this program is about and how you can support it in your country, in your community, uh, if it's your faith group or your education group or whatever it is, how you can support this inner curriculum of teaching people how to operate with values, how to feel a certain alignment, how to have uh, emotional intelligence, and we can teach our kids that at a very young age. So, um, yeah, uh, in two or three weeks' time, you can find that website and you can sign up and begin to help with that program. Mm. Well, you know what? I'm just going to pause and breathe here because that is a good start. That's a good solution. And yes, we might be looking at these crazy, chaotic, and out-of-control times. We have to look for the good. There's so much beauty and cooperation and caring and compassion that is happening on the planet. And here you are. One more example, Richard, bringing your brilliance forward to help the masses. So thank you for bringing this forward. Thank you for this time today. We're going to continue this, but thanks for bringing the Humanity Awareness Initiative because understanding ourselves as a whole is the part, the part that I really loved you talking about was that the Humanity Awareness State really integrates and values all the previous states. It's not competition. And here you are showing us how to reach out and hold everyone in the caring, kind, compassionate way as we grow up. We're just here to grow up together and we're growing up in different stages and different ways. And boy, we have, we have a lot of unstable, unsure people out there that don't get it. So Richard, thank you for bringing this forward. Oh, yeah. I couldn't, I can't help it. It's what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you were sitting there saying that, I literally was getting more clarity on what I am born to do as well. Just hearing you say that is um, um, you are you are literally initiating something that I've had a vision for for 30 years and you're doing it. And that's what I've learned is that the emergence of this new consciousness is happening on every continent, in every country, all around the world. We have those who get what's happening. We just have to bring awareness to that so that people understand that we are being taken care of and, and there's really a lot of beauty in the world. So thanks for being part of the beauty. Can't help it. (laughs) (laughs) okay i just have to remind the listeners before you start talking again we'll never we'll never be able to close this show so i want to thank you and i want to thank you listeners for tuning in today if you liked this let me know we'll bring richard back we'll have more conversations give me your feedback i I really want to hear what you have to say on this as well and i want to leave you very appropriately with the words of martin luther king jr every man 
must decide whether he will walk in the light of creative altruism or in the darkness of destructive selfishness. You've been listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Remember, together, we are creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.